On Sunday, we were in the third week of our series titled Home, where we've been considering what it means to be a part of the faith family at Broadmoor and, moreover, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Pastor Josh preached this week from Acts chapter 2 as he spoke about our strategy and how the model given us by the early church informs us now. Today, we talk about the things that the early church devoted themselves to and how that made them distinctive from the world around them. We also talk about how we might determine what passages are descriptive versus prescriptive in Scripture and how we should benefit from both. It's a great discussion today, and we're glad you're here for it. This is After the Message. Hey, guys. Good morning. Hey, Mike. Good morning. You said morning. I know. I'm saying morning because today we are, like, recording this, like, I think for the first time ever in the morning time. Ever. Well, there was one time that we recorded, like, 8 a.m., only because I remember it was this weird schedule and our voices were like this. Yes, we had low voices. We had the radio voice. Um, Yeah, but so this is going to be a regular time now. So what what we're talking about, uh, because we want to release the podcast Earlier in the week, like our goal is by the end of the day on Monday, when we have a church-wide email that goes out with some resources from the weekend uh, and sort of recapping our weekend, we want to be able to to point people toward this podcast um, and, and listen as early as Monday, where that's a big change because mm-hmm. in the past it's been like late Tuesday or even Wednesday before uh, it's been posted. So uh, we want you guys to have access to this conversation as early as possible. Yes. And we've even added effect sounds for your right. listening pleasure today. Have. Rainy day effects. Yes. It is, uh, as we record, it is storming outside. <laughs> and so we just discovered, actually, right next to or within the walls of our podcast studio is one of the, apparently one of the major drain pipes off the roof of the building. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of rushing water if we're hearing and uh, dripping water. So if you hear noises... Um, that is not a... Isn't that kind of like how Pentecost... I, I was going to say, yeah. most yeah. people thought that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But you just ruined rushing, it. You just ruined it, <laughs> Mighty everybody. rushing wind. Well, mighty rushing, rushing water. water. Rushing it could be. We'll just leave it for our <laughs> listeners to decide. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, anyway... Uh, yeah, so it was... Uh, it, it's good to see everybody this morning, and uh, great weekend. Um, man, I, I continue to just be overwhelmed by the the, the, the numbers that we have on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just, it's really exciting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of energy. Um, of course, we had some some visiting groups from Belhaven University yeah, yesterday right. in the service, and uh, so that was yeah. that was a lot of fun. And, um, and and I noticed, Josh, when you asked people to move <laughs> toward the center, I they actually did. saw people get up wow. and move there toward the center. There were a few people so that did that. I did see yes. it. So yeah. very thankful. And, you know. Thank you to you... all three of you. <laughs> That's right. But if you're not in the room, like even like what Mike's talking about, like, that's we're we're almost twenty minutes into the sermon. There's still people, yeah. or it's twenty coming minutes in. into the service, and there's still people coming in, and it, it's a beautiful thing to make room yeah. for people. And right. you know, our goal is to to we desire one service like that. I just think that's healthy. It's beautiful. Everybody hears the same thing, sings the same thing, prays the same. For us to for to do that, we we still have room. We still have room in our in our sanctuary. Yeah. We mm-hmm. we're you know averaging right at two thousand right now per uh, Sunday, uh, and our room holds right at twenty four. So we we can we can put 400 more people and and if you look at it if everybody's spaced out you think oh no there's no more room 400 more people <laughs> like a whole section is open right. yeah that's, that's right. just the size of some actual out. churches you know that's exactly right, right. medium sized churches yeah um, so we thank you for your help yeah mm-hmm. and I, I mean I get it I think we talked about this last week but I mean I, I get it when I like when I make the announcement like just before the service starts 
you know, people are looking around the room and, and, you know, it's, it's still somewhat empty. <laughs> why like, do I need to move? <laughs> and they're like, well, why would you ask me to do that? Because, but, but it's, you know, again, if you're listening, it's because it's an anticipation of all the people happen. that flood in, like, um, what, what most people probably don't see that we have the benefit of seeing from yeah, the right. platform is that, uh, how much the room does fill up over those mm-hmm. first 15 to 20 minutes of the service. That's right. And, um, which again, we're not. This podcast isn't about health and church health and, and things that you see. But for me, that is such a sign of church health. And here's mm-hmm. why: I don't believe it's people who set their alarms late. I don't believe it's people who are just, uh, you know, not not on time. What's happening is we have so many young families with young kids right. who have to go to one section of the church to drop off preschool and another mm-hmm. section of the church to drop off kids, and then they're finding their way to the sanctuary. Like that's a great. Pro- they have to find parking, mm-hmm. and so each week there's more. And that's yeah. a, I just think a healthy sign. Yep. We're ready. Like we, we want to serve them and love them. But you know, some people may say, Well, just get there earlier. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> as as yeah. as someone who has what we call a, a ministry widow on Sundays. Like my yeah. wife is a ministry. <laughs> right, I get right. here early in the morning and my wife gets the kids up and gets them dressed. And by the time I see her, which is typically in the middle of the second song, she was like, Babe. This morning was wild. I'm here. And look, I'm just so thankful that she and so many other parents like that that mm-hmm. have battled the morning, That's right. got their kids to church, and they made it. So hear me out. If you can't get there on time, get there when you Come can. Come in, man. That's right. We Come want in. you there. And we're just trying to make space for you. We're trying That's to make right. room, That's baby. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, well, you know, so we, we were in the third week of our, our home series, and um, uh, which, is, which has been great. And again, for those of you who are just catching up, uh, this is a series that's four weeks long. Uh, Sunday was our, our third week. And uh, this really, uh, it is kind of uh, something that we do a couple of times a year. We talk about uh, what it means to be a member at Broadmoor and even broader, you know, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so, um, and, uh, but we're, we're kind of taking a little different spin on it uh, this, this time and, and uh, expanding that a bit. Uh, but this past Sunday, we talked about specifically our, our strategy. So we talked about mission on the first week. We talked about our values on the second week. And then uh, this week, it was, uh, it was strategy. Like, mm-hmm. how do we go about accomplishing the mission? Like, what, what, is the, what is the structure that we've identified or the things that, that we feel like are important for us to be able to accomplish the mission? And uh, so what was presented, and I'll, I'll just lay this out there, and then we can have some discussion because... Uh, you know, there's we want to discuss around the passage, but and we may come back to this uh, this strategy uh, near the end of the conversation. But so we've identified three things plus one uh, that are part of our strategy. So mm-hmm. one is worship, uh, groups, serve. So those are the three things: worship, groups, serve. Plus the added thing is abide. So abiding in in Christ and in our relationship mm-hmm. with Him. So. Um, and you use that on Sunday, or you used Acts chapter 2 and, mm-hmm. and just a, a look at the early church as a way to sort of illustrate some of these things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, as always, I think it's challenging uh, to look at the early church and then compare it to, mm. like, sure. yeah. the modern church. And, uh, 
and and you know mm-hmm. see how that stacks and up. And especially is... our church, which I always find struggle with, because yeah. you you want to apply like mm-hmm. like that is the nature of us. Yeah. Okay, God's word says this. How do how I do apply do that, that mm-hmm. to me? Right. And so you know, good hermeneutics would say you don't make that step first. Like mm-hmm. like right. you talk about culture and you talk about what it meant for them and and all the things. But it's hard because when you when you close your eyes and and if we were able by God's grace and somehow go back and teleport to that time and to to experience what that was. And then to have them and place them in a Broadmoor worship service, I wonder what they would think. <laughs> right. Like, like, oh, like, would they be like, "Yes, this is this is it. This is what we've been dreaming of." Or is it like, "What are y'all what doing? Happened? What went wrong? What, what <laughs> went wrong through the whole thing?" Or is it somewhere in between? So when we get to the strategy, and we have we have two of the architects in the room who were a part of putting that strategy together, uh, in in Sean and Preston, um, because they they were a part of leading our our church staff uh, as we looked. And, and what you will notice, and hopefully what you heard me say, is this strategy is unique to Broadmoor. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is because we believe as pastors and ministers on our staff that we know and love the people here. We understand the culture that we are in, and we believe we understand the call that's on our life. And so that's kind of where we landed. So from Sean and Preston, mm-hmm. as you were a part of those meetings and leading towards it, how did we get to the three plus one? Yeah, uh, um, we started with twenty five plus seven. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly and right. Someone yeah. raised their hand and said that might be one too many. And somebody and it, had yeah. to solve for X. <laughs> and we and, were, I, and I really think too, we if I, you correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, uh, we got down to maybe three or four plus two. We did right. Yep. And then as we kind of pushed on, and through we were that, almost ready to go with it. Right. And then and there then was we kind of like, some last no, minute. I don't think we, so. We want to yeah. make it simple and. Yeah. And I think one of the um, I wish Mark was here because Mark he it, always yeah. presses in on this uh, the abiding the abide in Christ, part, right? right? That and, mm-hmm. and really for us, as we talked about it, that that piece. That, so if you if you see the graphic, you see these three kind of circles, but then this dotted line, mm-hmm. and that whole idea that abiding in Christ really is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It holds it all together, mm-hmm. and and to the point of uh, yesterday in life group. Uh, I had a member in our class that said, uh, well, is it really a, shouldn't it be a one plus three then? Like, (laughs) right. Isn't it all based off us walking and abiding in Christ? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. And and it's, it it really is um, all of it working together, which which is also, I think the reason that we use a graphic of a circle, it's not one over the other, but, but how God can use those different things Mm -hmm. To maybe even introduce us to Christ, yeah. but also to help us grow and to continue to walk in Him yeah. individually and as a church family. Yeah. Right. And which, so, which I think is a beautiful part of how it ties into the passage because you see them doing these things. So, so if you go around the, the three things, those are things that we do, we kind of actively engage in those things. And you right. see that with the early church. That's right. But all of that was happening in the context of the Holy Spirit coming and doing something mm-hmm. in them. beyond yeah. what they could do on their own. That's right. And so there was, a, there was an abiding in the sense of now the Spirit has empowered them to do something that they couldn't do. And I think it's a great reminder to us that if we just focus on those outer three things, it's not that good can't come out of that mm-hmm. in and of itself. That's right. But we're going to be missing the power of being with the one who, who gives us the power to do it all in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's good. So. Yeah. That's really good. And, and I think w- one of the pieces that came up yesterday in Life Group was inside of those three contexts, mm-hmm. right? So worship, groups, and service. Mm-hmm. There's another piece that's 
that within those settings, if we are not gospel-centered, if we're not serving so that mm-hmm. people will know Christ... Right. The purpose behind them. Right. right. Yeah. right. If, if we're not worshiping, understanding uh, who Jesus is and what he has accomplished on our behalf, mm-hmm. if we're not um, gathering in groups and the central point of it is to be in God's word, submitting to God's word, seeing what he has to say to us and for us. So, so if we leave those things out and we just do, we come to worship, Mm -hmm. we go, um, as I, as I told our group, if you just came in here and you sat to say, okay, I've endured Sean for an hour and now I can go on about my day. Mm -hmm. If we miss the whole idea of we're digging into God's word and we want, we want to follow this Mm -hmm. word, um, we want to worship Christ. We we want to we want to make the gospel known. If we're not gospel centered right. in those things, then they're pointless. That's right. Yeah, we're missing it. well, that's what mm-hmm. separates us from a lot of just organizations, institutions, other things that are out there that people could become a part of and go. Well, I serve through that, or that's I'm right. part of a yeah, I'm part right. of a group right. where we get together and we hang out and we talk, or even a sense of worship. I mean, worship can be a lot of things, right? That's so right. there's some people that sitting at a football game is a sense of worship sure. and, and mm-hmm. we're in a group, big group of people. We're all focused on the same thing, experiencing something together. And so you're right. If we don't drill down to why are we doing what we're doing, that's right. which is probably part of why we didn't jump straight in with strategy. Right? That is correct. So hmm. that's good. But yeah, the why, the why matters. So that's, that's why right. Acts, um, Acts 2, 42 through the end, 47, um, is important. But going all the way back to the beginning of that chapter of Pentecost, mm-hmm. right? So so when on that day, which, you know, I, I'd studied that passage a hundred times, but for whatever reason this week as I studied through it, I don't guess it ever dawned on me what Pentecost was, like what festival mm-hmm. it was, festival yeah, of the harvest of wheat, point. right? Yeah. And so God in his sovereignty allows the spirit to fall, the church to be born, and the prayer that they were praying, and Jesus told them to pray, man, look, the harvest is ready. We need more laborers. Go to the Father and pray and beg him to send more. And it's on the day that they are yeah. celebrating a literal harvest yep. of wheat that the Holy Spirit falls. Mm. I and, had never put that together to you. And the, and, yeah. As I'm reading, I'm like, how did I miss this? Like, is that a th- but, And I think, you know, growing up, it was like Pentecost. Pentecost meant somehow, you know, in, until you do word studies, and that's why I think it's important to study the God's word. Um, you, well, Pentecost means the Holy Spirit came. Well, no, that, that that was there forever. It means fiftieth, fiftieth, right? The fiftieth day since Passover. And this is the day they 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 celebrate the 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 festival of the harvest wheat, and the Spirit of God comes and and He ignites the church, and and it just it goes from there, which is unbelievable. Which brings us to the thing, like what we talked about yesterday. They devoted themselves to four things, mm-hmm. right? And um, as I wrestled with it, you know. Is this a is this prescriptive or is it descriptive, mm. right? So so okay. Whenever we read God's word and we read something, do we say okay? I need to do that thing, like specifically mm-hmm. that thing in that way, mm-hmm. with the same intent. With, that would be a prescriptive text, like like somebody is prescribing medicine to you. A doctor mm-hmm. prescribes medicine. What do you ta- what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to take it as the doctor tells you to take it. So when it is prescribed to us, that is what we do. But when something is descriptive, something that is just telling us this is this is what happened, this is how it happened, here is even why it happened, but it's not necessarily prescriptive. Uh, and so that that of course, hopefully, if you are are any any kind of of critical thinker, you're going to say, okay, wait, time out. What's 
what's a prescriptive text and a descriptive text, mm-hmm. and how how do we navigate? How do we right. Yeah. How do we know? And yeah. in between yeah. those, because I think that's important, right? So, yeah. I mean, does that go all the way down to salvation, like a salvation that they experienced? Was that was that just descriptive, like that was for them but not mm-hmm. for us? Or the way in which they became born again is that descriptive and not prescriptive? Like, how do we know? What's the difference? So, pastors, <laughs> as you work through this and in your own life, and as you as you teach, how how do you navigate between descriptive and prescriptive text? Continue to study the word. Like, where else do I see this happening? Ah, yeah. So, um, so do I do I see these same concepts being repeated over and over and over and over again? Right. And so, is it is it something that's becoming? Uh, part of a practice, maybe that God mm-hmm. is impressing upon His people that we do these things. Um, I think probably another thing would be um, Jesus speaking them, and ah, is it yeah, right. is it um, is it an imperative like statement that you you are to do these things right? right. Um, so there's, I think there's lots of pieces, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and I think even as you read through the book of Acts, mm-hmm. there's lots of instances where we see descriptive text mm-hmm. um, that could actually become confusing to us. Of like, sure. is that is that, is that the, way the way it's supposed to happen? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have you have some other texts. We we just had a discussion this morning among some of the other staff. Of you see another text just a a few chapters over where the Holy Spirit doesn't come upon a group of believers mm-hmm. who have been actually, they've supposedly professed faith and been baptized, uh-huh. but it's not until the apostles come that this, they then receive the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. It is, is it descriptive or is it prescriptive? Um, and I think we have to remember... Now you're meddling in the denomination. Oh, there you go. Um, so I, I, think, uh, I think we have to remember the book of Acts too. Yeah. Like what is happening here? It is the church. I think your words were, is it, it, he ignites the church. It's mm-hmm. coming alive. It's becoming this thing that functions together for the glory of God, right? Yeah. And so he's he's establishing um, uh, like validity mm-hmm. to this gospel that's now been proclaimed and this Messiah who's come. And so, um, so you have apostles teaching, which is brought up in right. Acts 2. So, so a lot of the things that's happening maybe in the fringes of... Um, other areas are now being confirmed by those same apostles. Right. And so, so there's all kinds of things happening in Acts that you kind of, I think you have to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see a lot of, I think, descriptive text in Acts that lead us to... Um, are they still helpful? Oh, I, I believe so. I so. Can you, right. what, like, what can you learn from a descriptive? Like, we know that we apply prescriptive yeah. text. Mm-hmm. Great commission, prescriptive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Go and go do this. this. There, right. There's Command. an imperative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Go do this. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it's descriptive, how do, how do you, how do we get good out of that? Like, mm-hmm. if we're reading our Bible and we're like, oh, well, you just said most of Acts is, is descriptive. Well, I want application. Like, I want to go to the stuff that it, that it pertains to me. What is, what is a value of walking through yeah. some descriptive text? I think it's text? valuable anytime we can read what, um, what someone else, as they were trying to follow the Lord, what that looked like, mm-hmm. I think it's helpful for us to look in. And sometimes we look in and we go, okay, that that seemed to work well in a particular situation. I'm in a similar situation. Maybe that would work well for me. Or here's how they handled it, and it didn't go so well, yeah. and I can learn from that also. Right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think we can learn from the descriptive uh, as, as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cultural context mm-hmm. probably plays a lot yeah. in us understanding some of these things, too. Um, in that, so this takes a little digging, but if yeah. I dig down and, and I, and I read something that seems a little odd to me, 
it could be because of a cultural nuance yeah. mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. Um, so, so as I read these things, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, also don't think it's like, uh, well, this work, like I'm going to try yeah. to get something out of this. So I'll do it this way. Yeah. Like what, like what are the practices that are going to help me grow closer and deeper yeah. to Christ? But I right? think that part is helpful right. even to say, okay, the, what he's describing here is in part because of their culture. So they were able to adapt something in the way that they did it based on their culture. Right. Well, we have a different culture, so what does that mean in terms of us applying something and adapting in that same way? You know, right. It might look different in the outcome, but the process we're using is still the same process that they were using yeah. in that. And I think there's, uh, yeah, I think there's some value in a descriptive text as well. I mean, just as it tells us things about God, Mm-hmm. about who he is, about the mm-hmm. way that he has moved in the past, that That's he right. has acted, even though, you know, that may be different yeah. for us now. Um, but, you know, so we hear about God's faithfulness or God's provision, mm-hmm. and we see descriptive texts that describe that in, in, in the Word. Well, he may not do that in the same way now, right. but it still reinforces the fact that God is faithful and that he provides for his people. And so, you know, I think there's encouragement to be found in that, right? Um, even, even though maybe that fleshes out differently for us. Right, right. I, I think another piece is we have to remember um, we're talking about the text, and this group of people did not have this text. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> right. They didn't look and say, okay, let's uh, devote ourselves to, right. here's four things, let's go. Right, it says an axe, <laughs> right. right. So they're, when this is happening, they are without the Gospels. Right. They are without Paul's letters. They are without the book of Acts. They're, they're, their whole basis, and which you see Peter mm-hmm. point towards something in his message in Acts 2, their text is the Old Testament. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... They have seen, and, and in this moment, they are trusting in that Jesus is the promised one. Mm-hmm. He is the Messiah. And so that's that's one of the reasons why you see Peter stand up, proclaim this message, and quote Old Testament texts to say he's he's the one. Right. He's mm-hmm. the one that has come to fulfill right. everything that God mm-hmm. has promised. And so so I think we have to remember that as well. That's like right. this this is a description of the things that's happening and they're not basing it off of uh and yes. Paul said or or Matthew wrote in his gospel. Um they are they are literally following Jesus. Yeah. Um to the to the deepest, most raw part of it. They're going, This guy that came and taught who is Messiah, All right. we we want to do what he says. All right. So right. we we didn't talk about this. Normally we have a pregame. Yeah, we, we talked through this stuff. Was not just, in it. I had a little, little, um, little spark in my brain, and I don't know where this goes. And I don't know if you look at me like I have three heads in the moment. It's okay. <laughs> Is there ever a moment? And this, mm. let me let me give the preface. Um, over the weekend, uh, I traveled um, on Saturday, and so listened to a podcast. If you're not listening to uh, the Bible Project podcast, mm. I could not encourage you more. Go listen to that podcast. Everything they put out is quality. You may not agree with it 100%, but at least 98%, you're going to say, man, I am, I'm 100%. If you don't know the Bible Project, guys, they're great. Yeah. But they had an interview with a guy named Michael Kruger. Kruger is, um, he's a uh, pastor, a professor, um, but his big thing is how to read the Bible. 
And he just uh, last year in 2021 came out with a book called How to Not Read the Bible. <laughs> uh, and so he has, he has 10 things that, that he says are, are really big things. And he starts with, don't read a Bible verse, right? Yeah. Uh, he would say, if you read a Bible verse, like you're already off on the wrong foot. Yeah. You've got to read mm. the Bible yeah. um, because the Bible That's and its good. whole is going to speak to it. So in, in that, I'm, I'm giving you that yeah. preface for this. In the culture that we live in, and we tell people all the time, even one of our expectations um, and, and one of our values, are, they're one and the same, that we submit to the Word of God as the authority over our life. Mm-hmm. So we would, without taking a breath and hesitation, say, read your Bible. Read right. your Bible. You need to be in the Word of God. You need to... Is there ever a moment, though, when you read your Bible and you are worse off for following Jesus than you are gathering with other people, being accountable to them, Ooh. knowing them and them knowing you, and walking in life together. Now, knowing that those two could, could be together, and that's the healthiest scenario, but if there are people who listen or people who are operating in life who would say, I don't need the church, I don't mm. need the accountability, I, I don't need the gathering together, mm-hmm. I don't need these things, I got the Word of God and that's all that I need, mm-hmm. is it possible that you could read the Bible through a lens and be worse off worse mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. than if you gathered together with God's people and you wrestled through the Bible? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Right? I'm so. going to say, because, yeah, because I think, so we, we, we had some discussion around this sort of thing in our life group yesterday, because uh, I, I think there is a, you know, if, if, if I am isolated and I'm reading scripture, like I'm going to bring my own biases, my own things, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. even though the Holy Spirit is guiding, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, there's still, I'm stubborn and, you know, sure. there, there are things that I'm going to bring to the table right. that... Um, and I'm going to have blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think part of the beauty and the benefit of the body of Christ is that we get to help one another, you know, refine one another and, and sharpen one another. Yeah. Um, and I think also there's going to come a point, uh, because we, we talked about this specifically in our life group, when you might find yourself in a crisis of faith, something happens mm-hmm. or, you know, and yeah. you start to question, you know, does does God really mean what He says, or mm. is He really, um, you know? Because I don't feel that right now, and we need other people around us who remind us of God's faithfulness and and who help us through those those times. And uh, so, yeah, I think they're absolutely, you know, if we if we walk in isolation, um, you know, where where we can be yeah. worse off. Yeah. So the reason I bring it up is I don't <clears throat> want people to assume that just because you're a Christian, and I'll use air quotes for that, but you can't see it, but you 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 identify, you say, I belong to Christ, and I have his word, but I don't need his people. Mm-hmm. I don't need his church. We desperately need mm-hmm. his people in his church, mm-hmm. because I think what we see in the, in the first church, whether prescriptive or descriptive, they needed one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They needed each other physically, they needed each other emotionally and spiritually. Well, and, and so another piece of, as you read the text, right? As you, as you spend time unpacking, not just a verse, Mm -hmm. but you pair what Paul says in Galatians along with what's happening in Acts, right? Um, He went like after his encounter with Jesus. So we we all know, I mean, the majority of the New Testament is written by Paul. We value his writings greatly. Um, So Paul Mm -hmm. has an encounter with Christ goes on his own to proclaim the, the gospel in, a, in, a, in another region. Mm-hmm. 
but comes back to Jerusalem and basically says to that group of apostles, this is the gospel I preached. Mm-hmm. Tell me I'm right. Mm. Right. And so they, they were not yeah. these solo yeah. guys right. going out. Right. They, they were constantly coming back to one another going, mm. hey, this is the gospel I'm pre- preaching. I need you guys to tell me I'm That's on right. track. I'm, right. I'm, I'm preaching what Jesus has, has told us to preach. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and so you see these, these guys are not rogues. They, yeah. they are in it together. Right. They're devoted to one another. And, and they're wanting it all to be right for the glory of God. Yeah. Right. right. And so because of that, I think you do. You, ha- you would have the tendency to get off on your own. On your mm-hmm. own. Yeah. And I guess really know, you know, when you ask that question, I was kind of thinking, how can you really read the Bible and not, through your reading of the Bible, go, oh, I need to be with other believers in these hmm. groups, in, in a church. Now, yeah. again, early church might look different from church today in certain ways, but I, I really don't know how you could get through reading the Bible, you know, systematically, if you're not mm-hmm. just kind of cherry-picking some things. I don't see how you could get through it and not come to the same realization that, wow, I need to be right. with other believers. When you think of all the community aspects of what the Bible teaches, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you do that on your own, unless you're just highlighting certain verses or passages yeah. and saying, that's how I'm going to live life. But sadly, that's, that's where some, <laughs> yeah. some and, yeah. and even me, sometimes I live. Like, sometimes I'll get spun up and tired mm-hmm. or exhausted, and I'm just like, Somebody spoon feed me the word, and I'll look, and I was like, oh, I've highlighted that. Let me read the highlight, mm. uh, <laughs> which goes back to why I have two different yeah. Bibles, one written in, one not. Yeah. And so when I get in a bad spot, like I want to read the one that's not written in yeah. because I don't want my eyes to jump to mm. the, the, the chicken bone I've already eaten. And I get <laughs> I, to it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that tasted good. Yeah. I wish it tasted good I guess good I kind of, in, in my mind, I went to the person that maybe somehow, you know, they're, they're living in a culture where there are, are no believers. They get their, their hands on the Word of God. They read it. God convicts them. Yeah. At some point, as they're continuing to read, naturally, it would seem that they would go, "Oh wow, I, I am missing out on something. I need to share. I, I need other believers around mm-hmm. me because everything I'm reading in Scripture teaches me mm-hmm. that I'm not supposed to do this on my own." Yeah. It's kind of a one-off scenario, but once again, once again, I wish Mark was here. Like, right? <laughs> but because because I think what you're describing there is the is the typical progression in any kind of culture, mm-hmm. like when it yeah. comes to missions, yeah. right? is that when they start digging in, they realize, I cannot do this yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they're always seeking out someone else to yeah. do life with yeah. and straight, <clears throat> yes. straight out of the convicting Word of God. Well, right? before, so, before Mike pushes us on right. to the next topic here, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to miss an opportunity because as we talk, it is August 22nd, and um, right now our team in Tanzania Working with yeah. the, the Penway People Group um, are leaving. They're getting ready to, to come back home. And over the course of this weekend, there were over 500 people who had never heard the gospel mm-hmm. in their own language, mm-hmm. had a chance to hear it through watching right. the Jesus film. Yeah. Um, and so, like, like sometimes we see this and think, "Well, this was 2,000 years ago. Does this still happen?" There are people right now yes. because of Broadmoor's giving, faithfulness, and we have a team from Broadmoor mm-hmm. in Tanzania right now because of that faithfulness. We're literally seeing them live out what's happening That's right. here. For the first time, they are so hearing God's word in their language That's and right. able to respond. And and for the years to come, we pray if the Lord would allow, we get to we get to see what He's going to do in yeah. and through that people group. Yeah, awesome. That's, That's really exciting. That is awesome. yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Mike. Back to you, buddy. No, uh, no, man. Yeah, I mean, you set me up like I was about to, like I was giving you eyes or something, like driving you, <laughs> driving you forward. 
Um, yeah. So, so you know, we uh, in our in our pregame conversation, we talked about, and I, I think maybe as we we get toward the end of our time here, it would be, uh, you know, maybe helpful to to just talk about this because I think the things that we see. I mean, we, we talked about how the fact that, that the early church was being called to something different from their culture, mm. um, yeah. and how I think the way that they were living and, and being called to live was was distinctive. Um, and, you know, there might be some listening who, who would say, well, yeah, I mean, but I can, you know, I can have community with people outside the church. I can, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I can serve people uh, mm-hmm. outside the context of a church. I can... Um, and you know, I don't need to be a believer. Like, what 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 makes this different? Like the way that the church lives and the, the way we're being called to live. What makes us different from just good people in culture? Mm. You know, um, and uh, that is a fantastic question. You should write a book and sell millions of them. Be really good. But I think the core of that answer is is the why. Yeah. Right. right. Because because everybody can do philanthropic things. Everybody That's can right. can. Right. Be altruistic. Everybody can give and go and, and feel good about the good that they're they're doing. And, and I think you can, mm-hmm. yeah. as a lost person, do good. Sure. But the why behind it all matters, which um, whenever we look at culture, first century and 21st century, there's some things that are just night and day different. Yeah. But then there are some things that aren't. And here's mm-hmm. here's where I think um, we live almost in an exact culture um, that you have the Jewish people. And they are waiting on a Messiah that they believe, for the most part, is looking different than what Jesus looked mm-hmm. like and, and how he lived his life. And so now you have the church born out of a Jewish man in, in Christ who has been been hung on the cross uh, and then put into the grave and then risen from the grave. And the church is now born on that day in Pentecost, which is great. But now you have this distinction between a really religious culture mm-hmm. and out of that religious culture, they're doing similar things. Mm-hmm. So, so to say that they're completely countercultural from their Jewish way yeah, isn't yeah. necessarily true yeah, because right, one part right. that that makes me struggle is that as these believers are made alive in Christ, they're still attending temple every day, mm. like, every day, every day, yeah. not just on Sunday, nah, uh-huh. every right, day. Right. So every day they're going back to the <laughs> Jewish the culture. That's <laughs> right. countercultural, yeah. Yeah. but, but like they're going culture. back into the to the Jewish culture, and, and, and I can just imagine like a rabbi standing up and saying. To this, you know, many mm. many of these believers smattered across the the listening uh, congregation, and the rabbi stands up and says, "Hey, one day this Messiah that we've been waiting on is going to come." Mm. And they're like, "We know <laughs> him. Right. He's already yeah. he's already been here. He, we we know that guy." And so there's there's this tension to live in a religious culture, yeah. but to be called out of that into mm. a Christ following culture. Because religious doesn't automatically equate to Christ honoring or mm. Christ following. Yeah, that's still true today. Yeah, where we live in a very religious culture that we do church well. Now, people may have the cross on their homes. They may identify with names like they know the name of Christ. They know the name of of of, of their preacher. They know they know all these things, but their lives distinctly are different for believers. Hopefully, because of the why they live them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, why do we come to church and worship? That matters mm-hmm. more than yeah. just coming. Right. Yeah. Why do we gather in groups? That, that should matter more than just gathering. Yeah. Why do we serve? That, that should matter more than just ticking the box of service. Mm-hmm. Because if you just tick those boxes, guys, it doesn't last. Mm. Like, like we run out of fuel to do that. Yep. We, we, it, it, it's exhausting to us. It feels like, um, like we're trying to, to earn or buy or prove that we are good enough for God to love us. And there's something freeing 
when we say, because God loves us, because we're living for the next world and not this one, because we have crucified ourselves and denied ourselves, and we are now following Jesus, and I get to worship, I get mm. to serve, mm. I get to gather in groups as I'm abiding in my relationship mm-hmm. with Christ and others. So I think the why matters most. Yeah. Well, I think the flip side of that that I, that I brought up is, is, you know, this is something, Preston, you, I think you brought up in our pre, pre-conversation was, you know, that, that what about the flip side of that, where the church isn't distinctive enough from the culture? Yeah. Mm. Like, like, we try to soften it to say, hey, like, somehow yeah. you, can, you can have Jesus, but also have, yeah. uh, you know... The, the, you the really culture, don't have the to world. be very different from the yeah. culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think part of the question g- that you get into with that is, in in what ways did they push back against the culture of their day because of the why, mm-hmm. and in what ways did they still engage in the yeah. culture yeah. because the right. why didn't tell them not to, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, challenging questions, and I think... Uh, I mean, I think it all comes back to the why, right? I mean, like if we if we understand the why, and and we're uh, trusting in the why, uh, and 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 the why is informing uh, right. our decisions and the way we live and mm-hmm. what we do, then uh, then yeah, you, you would uh, you know yeah. naturally we're going to uh, we're going to live in the way that God wants us to live, mm-hmm. and and which and we're going to be appropriately distinctive, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so. You know, yesterday uh, I was yeah. talking, we, we just mentioned Tanzania. Um, I was actually talking to someone who has been on one of the trips to Tanzania. We've done some work in Kenya. There's some similarities. And part of our conversation was uh, how do you determine which parts of their culture are good for them to keep or at least uh, neutral for them mm-hmm, to keep, good, and yeah. you don't really need to go in trying to change that and just let it be what it is, and how do you also have the, the wisdom and sometimes the courage to challenge parts of the culture mm-hmm. that are that do go against Scripture, yeah. to say this may be the culture that has been forever, yeah. but if you're going to be a follower of Christ, it calls us to something that looks different from what your culture has that's always right. been. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and sometimes that's crystal clear, yeah. and sometimes you really have to kind of dig into and, it. Yeah, and I, th- and I would think sometimes that that has to be a process over time, mm-hmm. you know, th- as you, you continue to, to uh, uh, you know, deepen your faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that those things that that maybe weren't so apparent or evident early on, you know, begin to uh, you know draw conviction, and it's it's yeah. like, oh wait, yeah, yeah. this yeah. this kind of needs to change. Yeah. And sometimes we don't we don't think through that. Um, I remember a story from a guy named R.T. Buckley. R.T. Buckley is a he's a Picayune legend, still lives right down from New mm-hmm. Palestine. Um, but he and his wife Fran were missionaries to Bangladesh for thirty mm-hmm. years. They uh, back when that people group that they were a part of the southern part of Bangladesh, they were unreached people, and mm-hmm. they went for the very first time. And and over the years, I had a chance to travel about six seven years ago uh, to Bangladesh with him and and meet with I don't know a hundred different pastors that had, had been born out of the churches over those wow. 30 years, which is great. But he was telling us a story similar to that. He said, whenever, whenever the gospel comes, it meets you where you are, but it never leaves you the same. Oh, yeah. Um, That's good. But whenever we, whenever we operate here in America, we're, all, like, we're still under some things that, that other parts of the world don't have, and, and maybe it doesn't cross our mind. For example, one of his first converts was a man who just was radically shaped and informed by the gospel. And so he comes in and he's meeting with RT and uh, meeting with reading the word and he comes to faith in Christ and he says, I want you to meet my family. And, and so RT goes and meets his family. And so he meets him and his three wives. Yeah. 
And so he, he had been <laughs> yeah. a polygamist. And, yeah, right. and so as he's reading through this, like, he's like, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. And, and RT, like, again, like, I'm not throwing RT out of the bus. I would, I believe the same thing, right? So, so for him, he was like, you got to take care of all of them. Yeah. Like, they're, you made that commitment, and so we're going to stick mm-hmm. with that commitment. Yeah. And so the the joke that RT would would share, and it's not really a joke, but he, you know, depends on where you share that in our circles today <laughs> yeah. and in Mississippi yeah. in Baptist world. His first pastor had three wives and led the church mightily. Yeah. Um, but was under conviction, and and so yeah. when we could talk not about undo, that's exactly what, right. What was already done, done. but yeah. in that living, yeah. there is a new why. Mm-hmm. And in, in a new uh-huh. drive to say, you know, I, we were, we were sinful. We were lost. We were dead. It was mm-hmm. dark. We didn't know better. But now we know better. Yeah. And we're going to walk in a way that's honoring to yeah. the Lord. And, and so if you think that your lives are messy, um, hmm. the gospel has a beautiful way of meeting you exactly where you are and speaking life into the most dark regions. Mm. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect this side of eternity. Mm. It just means that you are going to be fully known by God and fully loved by him when we give him who uh, the, the absolute of all we are. So I'm very thankful, um, as, as we even have missionaries around the world today who are working in hard places, um, but not to forget for us to. The gospel is just as real and true and powerful mm. in our lives today. That's, right. mm. that's good. Well, and I think that's a great way to end the podcast today. All right. Yes. So uh, for, uh, for those of you who are listening, we have one more week in our, uh, our series and um, and so and then we'll be wrapping up the home series. Then we've got a standalone week where uh, uh, Mark, who we've referenced several times, is not here today. Is going to bring a message. And then we dive into the book of Romans for yes. like the next year. <laughs> 30 <Yeah>. weeks. <laughs> not a year. <laughs> Only 30 weeks. Could be. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> Could have been a year. The <laughs> better part of a year. And so uh, anyway, uh, looking forward to that, though. That's going to be that's going to be great. So mm-hmm. guys, as always, uh, really good discussion today and uh, good to be in the room. And nope, the rain's still going. Rain's I still, still going. I still hear the rain. Sleep. So. <laughs> um, until next week. Yep. Love, love you guys. All right. Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my broadmoor. Thanks for listening.